0: Welcome to Thriving in Construction, the podcast. I'm very excited about this episode. This is a very, very special episode because it's the first time we focus on residential contracting and that this might be appealing to many of you. And our guest today is a multi-talented CEO and founder of Julie Lawton Design Build and Julie Lawton General Contracting. She has already created over a thousand spaces for her clients from New York to the Southern California coast, including Orange County. It's very, very impressive. I've interviewed a lot of women in construction and I'm delighted to see that I continue to encounter brilliancy along the way. I can't help but to admire her courage, perseverance, and enthusiasm, and her passion for construction. So without further ado, please help me welcome our guest, Miss Julie Lovey. thank you for being here and uh, i know you're adaptive i hear i see that you're in your car but thank you for uh, for being with us and spending some time to get to know each other i want to know about you and what you do so could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, my name
1: is Julie Lawton, and I'm a designer and a licensed general contractor. And I've been in this business, oh, 35 or so years. And I love what I do every single day. It's my passion, helping people make their dreams come true for their homes.
0: And, and you also have followers and listeners, right? Tell, tell us yes. about that, too.
1: I have a lot of women that follow me and men, so it's both but I, lo- I have a lot of women that may always say, I wish I could was did what you do. And they kind of wish that they maybe became the contractor because a lot of women manage their construction projects at home when they remodel, right? So most of my clients are like, oh my God, I love what you do. And you know, it makes sense to them to deal with a woman as their contractor. So it's kind of fun. They call me a-, a badass. I assume I can swear, but I have these little nicknames because I like to get things done right the first time because my motto is it all starts with the good plan though construction is no mystery it just needs to be a plan needs to be followed though
0: definitely in our in our previous episode we were talking about planning how important it is yeah planning everything planning everything yes yeah well yeah and in
1: in life it's it's it's, you plan your life hopefully planning process execution you you know it, it goes right along with what you do with your life so yeah
0: Absolutely. planning process execution. Uh, absolutely. So tell us what brings you to construction. I know you have an architectural background and you have been studying this industry in and out from different angles. So tell us more about that. And what actually got you to continue to study a lot of people just go through one degree mm-hmm. and that's it and they stop but you definitely are a constant learner.
1: Well, my family's kind of like that. I don't know if we're just not overachievers, but we always I like to learn and grow and solve problems. So in college, I moved from architecture to landscape architecture to interior design and space planning, you know, how humans function in the dwelling or office. And then I went to New York City and worked for the top five developers, which meant I worked with the top contractors, the top architects, and it was all in big happy family and I was always right in the middle as the designer and then I evolved into the kitchen designer and and then I did the decorating because I did model homes for these skyscrapers I was working on. There was always a big theme and that was in commercial in New York City for like 10 years but when I came to California when I was 30 years old and started working in residential I realized that the contractors weren't the same professional level as the contractors in commercial and besides the fact they were potentially drinking on the job Mm all the other things that they did wrong including taking money in advance it was just a myriad of things i couldn't deal with so i became the contractor because i was busy working with the homeowner enforcing the rules for him so she could manage him and i'm like what am i doing i just need to become the contractor so i became the contractor to solve all problems with the con for the client and myself because i want to sleep at night i don't want stress so i eliminated the stress from the job by co- by becoming the contractor and learning even more about that industry, which as you know, is all laws of codes. It's tons of code in, a, in regulations.
0: Yeah. And you're and you're right. It's also it's so much about planning and also st- solving problems. Well,
1: yes, it's it. And all I d- was doing is solving other people's problems. So I just eliminated the problems so I could just follow the process. And I always joke, not just because I'm a woman. I haven't ever had children, but I joke that instructions like being pregnant it starts on day one and it ends on the ninth month it's no mystery here you just got to show up but have a plan
0: absolutely absolutely (laughs) it's that simple huh people but you're right many many people don't actually plan
1: they don't plan nothing and they think it's fun to wing it because it's more exciting or they think i'll just i'm overwhelmed and i can't decide that now i'll decide later and I tell you, every single nightmare remodel, there's a reason. It was a nightmare. And you could go back to the beginning and see what steps they skipped and what they said. Oh, I don't need to do that now. But no, 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 no. You gotta follow the steps.
0: So yeah. Yeah, planning mm-hmm. is huge. So so when you're in a house, and I know you're you're a designer at heart and very creative, when you're in a house and and is is the kitchen the area that you Put most attention to the one that is most passionate to you. Yes, that, but, that's what I perceive. Is that
1: the case? Yeah, it's the kitchen. Is the center of the home. It's actually like the heartbeat of the home because that's where all the entertaining, the cooking, the family time, the the talks happen. It's the kitchen, and when you have people over, they go right to the kitchen because you're preparing something for them. So it's that's the heartbeat. But what I really do when I walk into the house is I get the vibe because I can tell the vibe and the feel from the prior architect or the prior tract home builder. And I get the vibe and I and I try to figure out how to fix it. And usually the house sort of talks to me, meaning you can see it. It's obvious what needs to be changed and updated for today's styles, which means blowing out a bunch of walls and adding more windows so that the house, it just speaks to me immediately what needs to be done. I see it and then I factor in what the client wants done, of course, because that's what it's all about. But it is centered around the kitchen and the great room and the outdoors connecting to that.
0: And when you say the vibe, Are you talking about energy? Can you feel the energy of the people living in that house?
1: Oh, yeah. And it's good and bad. You feel it right away. I've been told I'm an empath on top of it all, but I feel that. And when I talk to people, my other secret, seriously, is I listen to people. I actually listen and I feel what they want. Because even though they're talking, they're saying something else half the time. So, you know, you just really read the people what really they want. And that's part of the professional design service that I provide my training as an interior designer and an architect, that that training to listen to the person is key. And most people don't do that.
0: It's true. Most people
1: don't. They do the design to serve themselves. They don't do it to serve the client.
0: Right. Tell me about your... Decision to go into architecture. How do you figure that out when back then when you were trying to go to to the school?
1: Okay, because when I was like 10 years old, I was drawing cats and dogs and cars and people. And then when I was 12 years old, I drew my entire high school, which is four blocks long, city blocks long and every brick on it. I thought, oh, I think I have something here. So I was doing these architectural drawings at like 13, 12 and 13. And then I took the first class I could get in at 14 years old. And that's why I thought, "Ah, I'm going to be an architect. Forget being a musician because I'm a drummer. I play the pianos and the bass violin. And I also play tennis, golf and, you know, all this other. And I was a lifeguard. So it's all this You know, but my thing was, I'm not going to be an artist. I'm not going to be a musician. I'm going to be an architect. And then I got bored with the skyscraper design because it wasn't humanistic enough. It was technical. Great. But it it, you know, I just ended up where I'm supposed to be.
0: I mean, it's very impressive that you can do so many things and including music. I can see how creative your your brain Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. which is which is very lovely. Which of the houses or projects that you have done has has been the most the one you most remember and why? The, more,
1: the one I most remember is the one I did for and I'm still working on it for Tony Baxter, who's the Imagineer for Disney, and he designed the Paris Disneyland. And when I got into his house with his brain, because he can draw two, but he can't do the engineering technical side. He does the final vision. We worked together adding on to his historical home and all the architectural details from something to make it look 200 years old and copy what he'd already done 30 years ago was so rewarding because I got to pull in my carvers from Ireland and my gilders and my painters that are really over the top high end and really do what we do best, which is custom yeah. and all off the direction of a master engineer you know, imagineer. So that's my favorite. But my other favorite one is the 1930s Wallace Neff home in Pasadena, which is the 1930s Hollywood glamour era. That architect with the Mediterranean style. Oh, my God. I love that style because I love the feel of the 1930s Hollywood glam and the vintage. So those are my two. But the Tony Baxter's because it was a human experience with him. You know so
0: so which one would be the most challenging one then because you get maybe payment was an issue or the client was or risk was what was the most challenging one the most challenging
1: remember? ones i have are the ones where the client doesn't want to pay attention or actually be involved and they get frustrated and create their own problems by not listening or understanding or, or really keeping up and then they say oh i don't you never tell me that or, oh, I didn't, why are we doing this? I'm like, geez, told you 10 times. So it's it's frustrating when a client isn't passionate about what we're doing or claims they weren't told, or, you know, I have a couple of those every seven years. That's a cycle. right? Yeah, I just I get I get my nightmare clients, too. So and it's a struggle to get paid. So, you know, it's a hassle. But you wonder, wow, I've done this for 35 years and this is the only person that doesn't get it. Wow. So. uh you know, I don't know. There's certain clients that don't need to work with higher-level um, creative people. They just need, you know, Home Depot. So Basically.
0: yeah. So yeah. you you have you defined your ideal client? Oh yeah, my my yeah. ideal
1: my ideal client will be someone who wants to create their dream home, who wants to cooperate, you know, participate in a process and not challenge, but participate. Who also respects the creativity, respects our process respects the five-star experience because we give it to them and they don't have to think, they just have to participate in selections and have fun. There's no stress. You know, we take the stress behind the scenes. They don't have to deal with anyone. They just deal with me. And that's it. I do the, you know, I take the place of 12 people on a full scale project. You know, if you think about it, the architect, the interior designer, the custom kitchen designer, the decorator, the five engineers, the contractor, the landscaper, the lighting and the AV guy. So there's like 12 people they don't have to deal with on a normal home. Of course, the bigger, bigger, bigger homes and there's all of us, but uh, that's different. But the client still just deals with me.
0: You know, right. Which is, is more like an integrated process.
1: Yes, it is. And yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what we call it on my website, funny enough.
0: So tell me about women in construction, young women. H- have you had any struggles finding people lately?
1: I can't find certain people, like framers of quality, because my framer is 60 years old, like myself, and he's super talented and old school. I can't find those, but I have seen women drywallers. I've hired women drywallers before, and women that just want to learn. I had one that she worked for me for two years and she did anything Hung drywall. She did everything. She was really open. Then she moved to another state. But I would love to find a female project manager. And I've come across a few, but they only specialize in certain areas of it. They never do the whole thing. They maybe know doors and windows or they maybe know, you know, plumbing or something. But I, you know, there's not enough female females in construction management is my, my thing. But I see them
0: going in more in commercial. So what do you think is preventing women from entering their industry?
1: Fear, fear of not being accepted, fear they can't do the job, fear men are going to make fun of them and not accept them. It's all Fear-based because all women think, oh, it's like joining a football team, but I don't play football. It's all men. It's really a fear, it's a barrier in their mind that they can't go into the man's world because it's always historically been men.
0: So why do we tell them? We tell
1: them, look at us, we're in it. Engine, there's a lot of female architects and a lot of female engineers. They're in it. So they gotta realize it's the brain that makes you successful. It's not your fat, you know. You know, I have a cousin, she's a female race car driver, she's the first NASCAR woman, other than that other one that just retired, but her name is haley Deegan and she never says it's about being a woman, it's about her talent. You know, it's not the woman that made her the better driver. It's her talent and her training from her dad, you know, Brian Deegan. So the point is it's not the sex, it's the brains and the and the talent and your commitment and your passion. So you know there should be yeah, because look at the architects and the engineers. The first architect and engineer in California was Julia Morgan, who designed Hearst Castle, you know, think about it. Yeah, no, and absolutely.
0: She absolutely. Yeah. So do you think universities are, are doing enough to attract people? What do you think What it comes to money? If you had a solution, if you if you had the power to ch- make a change, what would you do?
1: I guess I would say that you would have more recruiters talk to women and and have more colleges you know, try to entice more women as a career option when they go to apply, but what about this option? And then right at the day one of architecture, when a girl wants to be an architect, why don't you consider construction management? The girl wants to be an interior designer, why don't you consider construction management as part of your BA or whatever? Because you have a lot of decorators running around doing construction illegally contracting illegally and that's not good so that's a big problem right now huge so if they would just be redirected or it could be a supplement class right from the get-go because all of our industries from architecture engineering to interior design to the kitchen designer we're in construction you know every day so why aren't Mm -hmm. we learning it why aren't we you know i wish more people would become contractors because boy that industry needs to be cleaned up residential residential well
0: well, i think it's i know what you mean i know what you mean it's not well residentially anybody can go into a house and and try to do something and give somebody a low price not having a license or insurance or you know people don't understand but the problem is that the homeowner accepts yes but it is that's that's the problem they accept it then they get probably they the work is not done with the quality or maybe they they take the money and they don't finish yeah. and and people complain, but you know, and it doesn't, doesn't do justice to the person that is doing it the right way with a license, paying oh, insurance right. and, and exactly. doing all the things right. Right. Having yes. we're, we're yes. worrying about having the right staff, the right people, right. Culture, et,
1: yes, cetera, et cetera, et
0: cetera.
1: And half the battle is the homeowner wanting the cheap guy. And maybe I'll do it myself. And you can't, you just see that and like, oh my God, all these DIY stuff, oh my God. And they all end up in a nightmare and, or the house doesn't last. And that's sad to see, but it is the homeowner's choice. So the homeowner should be educated more because they think it's okay, but mm -mm, it's not. It ruins our business a little bit and our reputation. Yeah.
0: You have been listening to Thriving in Construction, the podcast. To get our latest update and avoid missing an episode in the future, head over to our website, patriciabonilla.com, and click the podcast. And then please subscribe. We want to hear more about you. This is Patricia Bonilla. And once again, thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of Thriving in Construction, the podcast. Where do you see the, the real estate? market going the the residential market going well we're leaving now
1: right now the commercial is really busy and being converted you know a lot of conversions and then the residential out here is it's a housing shortage like low inventory so everybody's remodeling that's a lot of act Activity. The interest rates got raised to slow that down. So maybe in a couple of years, people won't remodel or be moving as much. But I don't think the remodeling will ever slow down because it constantly goes up and it reached a spike. In- during COVID, but I don't think remodeling will ever slow down. Well, new housing is mandated a little bit. You know, there's new housing and low income housing being mandated. So the housing houses being built around my home are out of control. There's thousands of them being built right now. So, you know, at some point you think it would max out, but remodeling will never change. It's always going to be busy.
0: You focus more on remodeling? I did
1: because I like the historical older homes and those challenges. So I I ended up after I got my contractor's license, I ended up being majority of the remodeling because that's what I was getting drawn to and, and the calls for because I had focused on the kitchen. But now I'm trying to focus on maybe 25 percent or more of new construction because, you know, it's easier technically and it, it's more rewarding at the end when you can start from scratch since for some people but I am I am going to focus on new construction a little more if not a lot.
0: So uh, are you going to buy, you know, align with a developer or are you, you're you going to buy your own land? and? How I don't think
1: gonna... I'll do that yet. I might do that down the road in five years to 10 years, but I'm not planning on that because I still like, I like working with the homeowner who wants to create their dream house. I don't want to build a spec home and say, this is what you should have. I don't want to get in that racket. It's a racket to me. I'd rather just build someone's dream home.
0: It's a, it's a beautiful mission. I, I commend you. Yeah, because people spend the, you know, that's where they, they they go to after a hard day, tough situation. That's the refuge. This yes, is your so. home,
1: your home is your kingdom, your refuge, your sanctuary. Yes, yeah. it's in. It's a- and it's important it matches how you live so as your life changes your home should change as your kids move out or whatever and you know, it's got to all be it's constant updating constant refreshing
0: cleansing Absolutely. yeah when when a homeowner is thinking about remodeling what three things should they consider
1: the things for considering you know are you going to stay a day or go are you going to live in your house or move out while it's being remodeled you know what is your current lifestyle and you know what doesn't work I mean cuz usually you find out what doesn't work over the holidays or when you have a bunch of people over or when you're trying to entertain so it's really about what what do I need and how can I make my life better and then who am I going to hire? I mean, don't skip a step. Do you need an architect? Do you need just a designer? Or do you need, you know, a person like myself that does it all? Because if you hire an architect, an interior designer, and a kitchen designer, and a contractor, wow, that's a lot of people to manage, you yeah. know? So you, it's really about who
0: you work with and the professional has to be
1: qualified
0: absolutely absolutely and and i like your solution that you you do all integrated so it's like a one home one-stop one-stop shop, it's, one stop it's shop. It's my, yeah yeah <laughs> For your listeners, if there's something that you want to tell them, I know you, you have your your way of communicating or the people that are listening to you right now, is there something that you would want to say that I haven't I asked?
1: Think, well, I just think that your remodeling should always be fun and joyful, and it should be you getting what you want for you. It's not about what the architect or the designer wants, it's what you want. So you need to make sure you hire the right person. And I just think the one-stop shop is the way to go. That's why I created it. And- work this way because I want my clients to be happy and stress free because life is stressful enough <laughs> and you know the most stressful, stressful thing you can do is get married experience death and remodel they're all the same they're the highest on the risk scale <laughs>
0: yeah yeah especially if you if you decide to stay in the home that's a nightmare that's it's really a nightmare tough.
1: I don't recommend it and if you hire the right people, you can have a life after the planning stages. You shouldn't even be involved after the construction starts. It should just be done. And then you come, come and live in it and it's done. It should be fun and happy. So that's my goal with every job, is to make it stress-free. You know? Yeah,
0: and, and are you the one that goes, so, so what do you do with with a client that is undergoing through a lot of stress, and they're at the same time they're trying to reno- renovate the house, but maybe they're going through a personal situation? What? Because I'm I'm sure that happens. I mean, you get involved in the most special, one of the most special, you know, things they have, their home, and maybe that's you. You see issues with the family or the kids or the, the spouse. Yeah. What do you do? How do you deal well- with that?
1: Well, I have two clients like that right now. They both just went through divorces for different horrible reasons. One of them, you know, he stole her money and the other one got his girlfriend pregnant. So the point is, and they tell me all this stuff. And then one of them spent like a half hour on the phone with me crying. And I just told her, here's how you, you know, I I advise them how to get past the stress. But if it's a trauma experience, it's going to take some time and make sure. And it's good to talk it out and take your time and manage that, you know, you can't have a lot of other stress on top of it because no matter what happens you have to manage that stress and let it get gone you know so manage you know manage it and processing the I always tell them the process with me is just supposed to be fun because we're doing your dream house your dream remodel so try to think of as it's for you It's like a little saving grace. It's now for you, you know. And so I try to redirect it as this isn't stressful, but process the other stuff. It'll go away soon. But what we're doing together is for you. It's a it's a positive.
0: So what do you do for you?
1: Oh I does Julie do
0: for you. What do you do for I go
1: I go home and dim I go home and dim the lights and do my yoga and my stretching and then I do kickboxing and then I golf with my husband. I do outdoor activities that are relaxing and You know not too taxing on the body because i'm a golfer right so i like to be outdoors and shut my brain off and what i do seriously is make sure my clients have all their needs met and turn the phone off but i don't actually turn it off so that's a problem but i just try to clear some space and time for me and my personal life that doesn't have because when i have a chaotic client who's a pain in the rear oh my god you can't get them to stop that that's a problem so i just like to carve out my space on my weekends and my evenings so I have strict rules that I shut the phone off, meaning they can't call me after five or they get charged a large fee and they can't bother me on the weekends because there are some people that need to be told that. So I just make sure I have quality downtime. How's that?
0: That's important because you have to serve yourself in order to be able to serve
1: others. Yes, exactly. And I need to be grounded and feel my, you know, be happy because I like helping people. We're in the service business. so But I need my downtime and my quiet time. And I don't want someone else's chaotic life in my brain because it's not fair. So I don't like chaos. There's no reason for chaos and disorganization, in my opinion. People create their own problems. And that's another story. But I like to run a smooth ship you know just a smooth sailing you know process
0: and when besides helping people through their sanctuary through their home what else makes you happy you know it's really helping
1: people and solving problems So I'd I'd say solving problems. I like, you know, like the engineering side of my brain. I want to figure it out. How does it work? How do we make it work better? What's more cost effective or better in the long run to design this, you know, structural skeleton? So I work, my favorite people to work with are my engineers. That's my favorite part of the process is my five engineers, my soils guy and my structural engineer and my civil guy, because it's really the soils and the structural ones where we figure everything out, though. It's fun.
0: What else makes you happy?
1: You know, being creative. Creative and drawing or listening to music because music's my life. I mean, I drive around. And music helps my 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 mood and my attitude. So you know, music it makes me happy.
0: You still play or you just I listen?
1: Have a, I have a twelve-piece jump set in my dining room, which I put in there fifteen years ago after I decided not to entertain anymore. So I got rid of the dining table, and because I love to cook, so I my cook. My grandpa was a a chef and a barbecue master and all this stuff. I love to cook, so I decided not to do that anymore. And I got a 12 piece drum set.
0: That's, that's so nice. I, I'm very happy that we were able to talk and I got, I was able to, I rarely talk to somebody that does residential work, so that's oh. pretty good. Yeah. Because I'm mostly in the commercial and institutional side of construction. I think Go it's ahead.
1: what you do is I think what you do is amazing, and I'm glad I found you because you're the perfect example of women in construction and success. And you're just a pro- prototype, you know, for what women can and should do. You know, it's it's so uh, amazing, and you get it. That's the cool part. You get
0: what we yes. do. <laughs> yes, of course, I get it, and I live it. Yep, twenty-four-seven. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I do have five kids. Oh my god! So... I never asked. See, I I.
1: I never got around to it. I tried when I was 40 and that was too late. So I, I never got around to it because I was busy with the career and college in the beginning. And it's a long story, but I, it was meant to be. So it's weird. But, you know, I was happily married at 50. How's that? That's
0: that's and that's beautiful. Your husband is definitely a lucky guy. He's a lucky. Happy.
1: Yes, he's very happy. And he says we knew each other since birth. We just didn't you know, live together or like um, soulmates.
0: Yes, my um, that's my that's the case with me also.
1: Yeah, it's nice to have your soulmate and someone that can keep up and support you because otherwise it doesn't work.
0: Right. And support you and not bring you down and help you, you know, just continue to flower or water yes. the
1: flower. Exactly. Watering the flower. Exactly. Exactly.
0: That's what it is. Well, I yeah. wish you a lot of success. I hope get to engage later. Maybe we can do an Instagram or something like that later on. Yeah, anytime. Or- Let me
1: know. And let's keep in touch because this is fabulous. And it was such a pleasure meeting you. And I love it what you do. It's amazing.
0: Thank you. God bless you.
1: God bless you and have a wonderful rest of the week.
0: And good luck with your company and much more success to you. Thank you very
1: much. Let's keep in touch.
0: Yes. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to Thriving in Construction, the podcast with Patricia Bonilla. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you have any suggestions or any related topics you would like us to tackle in our future episodes, feel free to reach Patricia by sending her a message through the website, anchor.fm slash thrivinginconstruction or find her on LinkedIn. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week here in Thriving in Construction, the podcast.